Hi, uh, welcome to Speaking from Ignorance. Um, my name is Jack. I am a charity sector worker, a professional development person, and a connoisseur of spreadsheets. Hi guys, I'm Sid. I hate spreadsheets. And I mainly don't like Excel. I'm an astrophysics PhD student in Heidelberg, Germany. And I like Python, the language, not the snake. Hello, I'm Diogenes the Cynic, famously the Greek philosopher who told Alexander the Great that he was a bit up himself. No, no, it's no, it's actually me using my chameleon-like powers of transformation. Uh, it is your resident actor, Mr. Henry Holmes, and let us, uh, well, let our guest introduce herself, Michaela, please. Hi, um, I'm Michaela Mason. I'm a student at the University of Exeter, where I study politics, philosophy, and economics. And I am your resident space nerd. That's what I'm here for. So as a resident space nerd at the University of Exeter, Michaela, what, what sort of space nerd stuff do you get up to? Uh, yeah, so I am the current outreach officer of SpaceX, the spaciest society at the University of Exeter. Uh, we love to see it. Uh, yeah, I work to uh, work with other societies and to find us corporate partners and uh, just help organize general society life. Love it. I'm totally not biased. Neither is Jack. I important question, <laughs> as you are a space nerd. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Kirk or Picard? Um, see, I, I'm now worried about labeling myself as a space nerd. I don't know how to answer your question. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I, I would uh, say that's not really a, a space nerd thing. Yeah, no, no, that's a sci-fi like nerd a, thing. Sci-fi pop yeah. culture thing. Uh, no, it was a reasonable favorite favorite gas giant. <laughs> Clearly, HD two zero nine four five eight B. Anyway, Jack so and I sorry. both made the same dumb joke. Oh, okay, sorry. Michaela, what's your favorite gas joint? Oh, I was just going to say that might be worse because I haven't done a science for a hot second. So, Michaela, what, what is SpaceX? So, SpaceX is, um, like I was saying, a student society at the University of Exeter uh, that just currently seeks to bring together anybody who's interested in space, sort of regardless of academic discipline. Uh, and we are currently working to do more when it comes to like community outreach. So helping um, Devin and uh, Exeter specifically, uh, just getting kids really excited about space because it's the coolest thing in the world. And it's just um, a really useful tool for getting people into STEM and uh, into further education more generally. Uh, I think we ought to clarify, you're in no way affiliated with Elon Musk. Sorry, Elon, if you listen oh, to this podcast, yes. uh, we are not, in fact, um, part of you. Yeah, Space EXE. Uh, no, we're not affiliated yet. It w Elon, if you're listening, I yet. know you're a fan of the podcast. Uh, let us know. We're in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Close personal friend, uh, Elon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right, so what, what, what sort of um, outreach stuff do you, do you do then? You mentioned some work with kids. Uh, yeah, so last year we did things like uh, the Sidmouth Science Festival, kind of before everything went away because of, you know, the big global pandemic. Uh, we also normally run like our annual conference, but again, a uh, big global pandemic kind of swept that one out from underneath us. Uh, but yeah, this year we're looking at launching some really exciting stuff 
uh, that I kind of have to keep under wraps for now, which is a really uh, terrible way of introducing the things that we do. But (laughs) Secrets. Um, Yeah. You can tell us. Um... I'm trying to think what I can tell you. We have a small enough audience. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're working with uh, some really big potential partners uh, is kind of all I can give you on that front. Uh, But we've been doing some really exciting... I love it. Yeah, we've been doing some really exciting uh, projects when it comes to things like uh, UK SADS rocketry. We came in second this year uh, with our model rocket, the Castrol 2. Um, Nice! And... Yeah, we beat. It happened. <laughs> I didn't think it would actually happen. I mean, I'm so sorry. I love the look of genuine shock on your face, Jack. <laughs> yeah, so the rocket hasn't launched yet, but we came in second, okay. so that's pretty cool. Um, oh right, so this year was it? Was it because uh, the sub launch was cancelled or something? Yeah, we were having trouble getting the permissions for the launch uh, because. Obviously, the university didn't really want a small explosive happening on campus. Which doesn't make any sense to me. You know, it, it's great publicity. Yeah, it's uh, also... It's a small enough explosive. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Also, do they teach practical chemistry? Because there'll be small no. explosions there all the time. Actually, the University of Exeter does not have a chemistry department. Oh, right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't... Do they teach drama? <laughs> Even in the worst case scenario, like, I don't think it would do any more damage than students already do after, like, a night out, right? And that's at the absolute worst. So uh, we're hoping to launch some model rocket stuff this year and that uh, back in May, we did the Space Apps Hackathon with NASA and the ESA. And we had a couple of groups that did some really cool stuff there um, in terms of like helping reduce the effects of isolation with COVID-19 and looking at climate data. And all of that's been really cool uh, for outreach stuff, too, and kind of looking at space uh, and space related industry as bigger than just about nice. yeah going to the moon and stuff. That's really cool. I'm going to interject a little bit of context here, but Jack and I were both part of SpaceX and on the committee for two, three years. Jack, Woo. weren't you basically in charge? That is not true. Back no. in the day. Jack was the shadow... <laughs> oh, what was it? Shadow, shadow, shadow Chancellor? Um, no, no. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think that that's, that's true at all. Um, Sam, Sam was present, and basically I, I ran business so that Sam could focus on the, the sort of stuff which, which he... Sam, who was on our podcast last week. Um, we love Sam. Or I love Sam. I'll clarify. Sam's great. <laughs> Sam's great. <laughs> yeah, and I was the outreach officer for a year. Before that, I was Woo. social secretary and outreach officer, because we had the roles as, the, as together back then. When I we wasn't were a deliberately trying to throw you under the bus, I, Jack. When you were in charge, Jack. Yeah. No, no, no. I I just clearly got the wrong end of the stick (laughs) when you spoke about it when I was next to. Uh, (laughs) I really like the outreach that we did with SpaceX, and it's nice to hear that you guys have like gone way beyond what we did, Uh, (laughs) just in sort of like doing these bigger collaborations. What in the past sort of, I guess, year is bad. But in the last two years, because you know. Big pet dev. Sure. Uh, what's like the one big um, milestone you think you've achieved with the outreach? Like, what's what's one like big event? Hmm. Okay, this is kind of difficult for me because I've only been with the society for one calendar year, which includes oh, okay. the global pandemic. Um, but I think 
that the conference is probably it. I know that the conference has been running for longer than that, but I think that every year it really does get kind of better and better and bigger and uh, it reaches more people. And that has... I love it. Yeah, that's, which is really great um, because it gives kind of our speakers a bigger platform, but it also means that there are more people who are interested. And both of those things are obviously really great because space is the coolest. Definitely. I remember in, in, in our time, the, the conference was, was definitely something we were really, really proud of. And we spent many hours, you know, just absolutely terrified by, by you know, the prospect of just trying to organize things. We are, like, predominantly just nerds, and we have no skill in terms of just, like, pulling things together. Um, yeah, so, it's... Yeah. Uh, don't say yourself short, Jag. Your event management skills are pretty good, man. Thank you very much. Endorse me on LinkedIn, please. Uh, yes, yeah, yes, I will. I'll re-log into my LinkedIn account. Motto of this podcast. Thanks. Uh, endorse me on LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> so, so about this conference, maybe you could uh, explain a little bit what, what it is, like what it hopes to achieve. Um, and you're saying that like every year you're getting to more and more people. Is that mainly students? Is that mainly the public? Yeah. So um, when it comes to the SpaceX conference, it is about bringing in people from uh, lots of different disciplines, but I would say mostly STEM just because it's space stuff and that's mostly something that STEM people are interested in. Um, And it's about getting them together and individual speakers come in and give a presentation on kind of whatever uh, they like, given that it relates to space. So I know that in the past you've had uh, speakers come in and talk about how you can use like um, astrophotography skills to look at cancer, I think is one of them, um, and things kind of of that nature. Um, and so you kind of have um, this like huge breadth of knowledge from uh, people coming in. And the goal of the conference is to kind of bring together people who are interested in space, I think is the primary motivator there. But then also to kind of give... Uh, space and its industry a more nuanced perspective I think is how I would classify it it's very often like considered uh, to be this like super scientific pursuit which it is in a lot of ways but there's also a very human element uh, at least that's interesting to me when it comes to space Um, so I kind of mentioned this earlier I don't do a STEM subject at uni I haven't done it since my GCSEs A-level biology worst thing that I've ever done and (laughs) Not A-level, GCSE biology. Worst thing yes. I've ever done. <laughs> Correct. That's why I'm <laughs> <doing it>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, guys? Um, and so for me, uh, that doesn't stop me in any way from enjoying things like stargazing or uh, anything that has to do with space. I like have published research with NASA scientists and I've done all of these things. And what's allowed me to do all of those things is kind of this perception that space is for everybody. Like it is a physical space for everyone and something that we are all encompassed in. Um, and so uh, kind of looping back to what the conference is then, we do have a lot of speak, uh, st- uh, students that come, but um, what's really amazing to me about the conference is how much it engages with like our local uh, community kind of beyond the university because that's not something that I see from a lot of student societies in Exeter. Um, And that's kind of been really cool to see. And that's why we try and do so much outreach also, is just to support that community who is so clearly interested. Yeah, it's really cool, you know, like actually uh, not just being internal to the university, but also uh, stepping out uh, to the public. I'm just going to rewind a a little, uh, because you dropped this little little tidbit in there. Um, You said you published some research with NASA scientists. Can you maybe go into... A little bit of detail of what that was, if you can. 
um, I had this really great opportunity like two, three years ago. How long ago was 2017? Three years ago. Math. And um, I was three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I uh, went and did some research uh, during the Great American Eclipse. And I went and did some work helping to track uh, shadow bands, which um, what they are is when you have a total eclipse, you have like the 10 minutes before totality, which is when the moon covers the sun and you get all the cool stuff. And then you have the 10 minutes after. And sometimes people in those 10 minutes see things that essentially look like the world is covered in static in front of you. And it like extends out into like the sunset that surrounds you um, at the point of totality. So those are really cool, but not everyone sees them. And it's kind of hard to determine whether or not they're actually there. So um, because I haven't done science in a while, I couldn't really do anything useful in terms of like analyzing whether or not they were there. But what I could do was put a sheet on the ground and then film it. And what that footage actually picked up on was some really interesting patterns that then uh, NASA scientists like Mitzi Adams and Dennis Gallagher could look at and analyze through fancy software uh, for science people and then look at those patterns and see whether they could be um, seen in other locations. And it turns out that they were, so that was cool. Uh, It wasn't just something um, for individuals. It was something that was experienced kind of beyond that. Um, And so that research has been used a couple different times in different places. Uh, The most notable one would be um, in the American Astronomical Society of the Pacific's paper that they did on the Great American Eclipse. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of a uh, majority of the work that I've done there. That sounds um, really, really cool. And then, and because I didn't really come from a scientific background, I did do this research and it was really cool and really great to be a part of that science side. I also did like a written piece uh, for the NASA Inspire Journal about what it felt like to be there and be with those people and kind of observe what was happening. And that was kind of a cool parallel to do too. Yeah, so I guess it's a subtle effect that maybe, you know, that's, we're not paying attention to the stuff because all the screens are up. Uh, <clears throat> Got to collect the data. Uh, that's such a scientist thing to do, to be looking at your instruments and looking at the data that it's gathering rather than looking at this, it's you like know, massive amazing occurrence that can only happen on, <laughs> or it's so rare to happen on other planetary systems. Uh, you know, we're so blessed to have this perfect, like, uh, relative distance, or sorry, relative size of the moon, and the si- uh, but no, gotta, gotta start screens. Well, here's the thing, though, is that you need both, right? Like, it's not, it's not an inherently negative thing, because you do need that data, and that's kind of one of the things that I really like about SpaceX, like, at the university, is that we, like, make room for both of those things to exist simultaneously, and that's when we get kind of the best of both. I imagine it also helps with outreach when you're reaching out to normal people because, you know, your average person in the street that hasn't necessarily done science all the way through school and then into university. So, you know, making it more manageable for people by maybe asking those questions yourself of, of the scientists in the society and them going, um, oh yeah, how do I explain this to, to, to somebody who doesn't have, you know, a, a science background per se? Yeah, and like I will say that when we do do outreach events, um, at least while I've been 
with the society, we have had a team that's composed of both people doing science degrees and people doing non-STEM degrees because it means that we can cover all bases um, in terms of like being able to have different levels of complexity uh, to explain to the public who's interested at whatever degree. So I tend to work especially with like little kids because I could not tell you about (laughs) frequencies or anything, but I can tell you what the telescope does in the basic (laughs) of basic terms. Um, or things of that extent. So it's it's nice to kind of have that and to still kind of be able to form a community around um, that despite having like that different perspective. I think also that, that idea that it's anybody can come in from any discipline brings that kind of, um, <clears throat> that it gives different people different perspectives. So, you know, even even if, it, if we are just talking about the scientists for a second, you know, you've got your physicists, you've got your engineers, you've got your chemists, you've got all these different, people approaching it from different directions, which must give it a much more, um, well, sometimes it'll be chaos, I imagine, but other times, you know, it gives you, it gives you a different way of approaching it that maybe somebody hasn't thought of, which allows you to come up with a better end product. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. like last year with SpaceX, um, when we were doing our sort of practical projects and stuff, um, you know, I, I, I think our sort of student body population, it must have been about like 70% physicists or something, which was just not helpful whatsoever because we, we all knew the exact same thing and spent our entire lives reading the same textbooks, but none of us have actually yeah. properly picked up like a spanner but before. So uh, we had no idea how to actually do anything. I mean, I decided to put on clothes today as Diogenes the Cynic because famously just used to rock around Athens naked. His only possession was a bowl until he saw a child scooping water out the street with his hands. Then he threw away the bowl because he went, ah, fuck the system, threw the bowl away. Um, I like how he didn't give the bowl to the child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just threw the bowl away. Um, I cannot be out beating her. And he thought, he thought dogs were cool. He thought dogs were cool because dogs would do whatever they wanted whenever they wanted. So he used to live with dogs in a barrel. Who is this dude? He There's so, so weird. much I mean... power in that like extremity of life. He also, oh, do you want to hear some Diogenes the Cynic nonsense? So he hated Plato because he thought Plato had misinterpreted the work of Socrates. Mm-hmm. So he'd turn up at Plato lectures and Plato famously said that man was a featherless biped. So he plucked a chicken, Diogenes the Cynic, while it was still alive, threw it into a Plato lecture and went, behold, a man! Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which really embarrassed Plato, as you can imagine. And on another occasion, to show his displeasure with Plato, who was sitting on the front row of Plato's lecture, just does a poo on his chair and then leaves. Um... (laughs) Why is this guy still being led into lectures? <laughs> because apparently sometimes he came out with profound philosophical insights. No, no, so they went, no. Uh, okay. I mean, how profound does proverb need to be to, to allow someone to, to, to take a shit on your desk? That is, that is not okay. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, 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 he used to walk around the streets with a lantern that was empty and shove it in people's faces. And they go, what are you doing? And he'd be like, looking for an honest man. And you just go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. What a guy. Um, and when Alexander the Great said to him, if I could be anybody other than Alexander the Great, I would want to be Diogenes the Cynic. He said to Alexander the Great, if I was anybody other than Diogenes the Cynic, I'd want to be me too. Uh, <laughs> 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 
Yeah, what a guy. Um, sorry, back to back to space. Yeah. The final frontier. What was your vision for SpaceX? Uh, yeah, I feel like a little bit of a broken record because I will keep bringing this up and I do in every single committee meeting and probably will continue to do that in every meeting for the rest of time. Um, is really about getting people who aren't necessarily doing STEM subjects in. Um, and yes. like kind of embracing this vision that space is for everyone. Um, because I said this earlier, but to me, the most interesting things that we get out of space are things that really embrace like our common humanity. I'm uh, just personally really big on like creating community. It's uh, why I am the outreach officer. It's why I'm running events like TEDx Youth at Exeter. Um, I really seek to find community wherever I am. And I think that space offers a really unique opportunity. And like in the way I said, it encompasses everything and everyone. And every single breakthrough that happens because of space technology is super important for the way that we live even like the most normal daily lives. So things like the metal that's used in braces was initially developed for like satellites and that kind of stuff. And so... Um, I think that a lot of the time when we think about space, we think about it in terms of like the moon launches or the Mars rover. And all of that stuff is really cool to me personally, because I have an interest in space and it's really important in terms of scientific discovery. But when we only focus on that stuff, we kind of lose the whole um, kind of aspect about what space can give us back. It's not just about kind of how we look and explore the universe, but also what that exploration does for us and why it's important that we do it. So for me, um, my vision for SpaceX moving forward is that we kind of take on that more holistic approach um, and kind of, yeah, just look at it with more nuance. Um, And then what that looks like concretely for me is doing more outreach work, telling people from all different backgrounds that they have a place in the industry if they want it. Um, so like we've been doing a lot more like society outreach with other student societies. I don't know if you've ever talked about how student societies work on the podcast. Do you want like, no, maybe that's something we can talk about real quickly. Yeah. So, um, so actually that, that, I mean, you could, you could all explain that to me because I didn't go to a a normal university. So I wasn't a member of any student societies. Please feel free to explain. Uh, Uh, you mean I went to um... a conservatoire? Um, this is something that I had to learn because coming from an American background, we don't really do student societies in the same way in the U.S. as you do them in the U.K. And the way that you do them here is really cool. So uh, just as a brief summary for anybody who doesn't know, uh, student societies are uh, essentially like after-school clubs that are semi-affiliated with your university. They're run by students, they're run for students, and funding comes from student membership um, alongside any kind of research grants you get but from the university the if that's what you need. That. Yeah, you'll probably get some funding from your university. But yeah, anyway, so SpaceX is one of those student societies, and uh, student societies can cover a variety of different topics, from things like interest groups, uh, to like political advocacy, to volunteering, to sports, to music, to drama, to art, whatever it is. Um, So I'm trying to think of like some quirkier societies at the University of Exeter. Hide and seek. 
Hide and seek society, big one. Is there actually a hide um, and seek society? There's... Yeah. But the thing is, I yeah, don't know if this is like planned, right? It's like super competitive. Yeah, but I don't know if this was planned. But in first year, we actually tried to like go to their sign-up, but we couldn't find them. Oh, amazing. We weren't, we weren't sure. <laughs> oh, funny. We weren't sure if that was like the first test or something. Like you have to find where their booth is. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm up for this. Uh, where, where did... Oh uh, uh, no, sorry. Sorry yeah. to go on a tangent for a second. But... Do they play it over the campus, or is it over Exeter, or is it over Devon? Uh, like the hiding. I think people. okay. I I've never been a part of the society, but my understanding is that it, there's like different levels of it, right? Is that am I right? I was never where they have like I, think, I never even found them. I think it's on campus for the most part, but I think that it as you get more competitive, the area where you can hide. Gets that is bigger. incredible. <laughs> I love this. I've never heard this before. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, though, as soon as you're hiding in a city, even a city the size of Exeter, you do just go, well, it's, they're going to be very lucky to find <laughs> me if I've got the patience. If yeah. I've got the patience to just like I... sit in a small box or something, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it must be like some, <laughs> yeah some and I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that those games tend to happen over like pretty long periods of time. Like so you have to kind of move around. <laughs> um but yeah, like it gets pretty competitive. I know that at other universities, some people get so into it that they just like won't leave their dorm for like two months, and that to me is ludicrous. That is <laughs> like the insane. thought of how I do mean, you, you know, I can say this post lockdown, degree. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say having had this experience post lockdown, I can't imagine doing this for fun. Like <laughs> <so much> about <laughs> a game yeah. where I do this willingly again. I like that you're shifting SpaceX more towards the outreach and, you know, bringing together more societies and people from all the different disciplines. Because uh, a big thing that um, we did, or, or that Sam did uh, while we were there, is make it like an official science society of uh, the astronomy department. So we're, I think, um, Exeter University's official astronomy society, which is really cool. But also on sort of first glance, that does kind of look like, oh, this is for astronomy students were like, no, we just wanted to say that we also do science, but we, we do a lot of outreach. Yeah. Was that to get funding? No, for sure. Um, yeah, so the XLTC was part of Yeah, and I, I think uh, another reason we sort of made that change was because um, the other category which we, we were currently set, sat in was like, I don't know, like recreational or something, or it was... Yeah. Yeah, it really didn't make really sense didn't as a category for SpaceX like to be in. We, we just did so much work, work right in terms of projects outreach uh, events and stuff so yeah it just didn't feel right yeah i i, I genuinely dedicated I'm like one day per, 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 per day just sorry <laughs> one day per week one day per day one day per day <laughs> my entire life wow um yeah it was a lot of work but <laughs> I was quite proud of what we achieved. I mean, there's still like Mars, Mars. Not, not, yeah. not quite yeah. one day per day, though. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember the workload ramping up at certain key points, like a conference. Um, that was fun. I remember being so <laughs> sleep deprived. <laughs> so um, if, if I were to come to one of these conferences, so let's say I'm just Joe, Joe Bloggs coming to one of these conferences, what's the sort of experience that I could expect? This is a really fun question because I've never been to a SpaceX conference. Um, my understanding <laughs> um, of what that experience would I can be also, like. <laughs> I can also help field the question. Yeah, so to answer the questions that I do know the answers to, um, 
my understanding is that you would be able to come if you're like a local of Exeter or even from beyond, um, because the way that we do admission is through ticketing. So you buy a ticket, you show up, you're in. Um, and then, yeah, like you're there. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm currently doing this work with like TEDx Youth at Exeter, which is similarly like conference-based. So I'm going to assume it's a similar format where you come in, um, there's like a meal provided or like snacks, depending on what kind of day, uh, what time of day it is. And then you get to come and listen to all of these speakers, uh, present on, um, what their topic is at any given time. Is that, I don't know, is yeah. that right? <laughs> Should I have that right? <laughs> uh, Michaela, I feel like you've had an incredibly difficult job for shit, right? Being outreach officer, you know, planning all of these events and having them, you know, cancelled. It sounds absolutely heartbreaking. Um, what what have SpaceX been doing, if anything, or do you have any plans to sort of mitigate the sort of impact of coronavirus to your audience? Yeah, um, so it is kind of worth mentioning here that uh, as tough as it has been to see things get cancelled, it has been significantly less tough for me because I only became outreach officer after they were all cancelled. So um, okay. I'm entering this. Yay! <laughs> <now>. <laughs> um, yeah. So I can tell you about kind of the work that I've been doing to mitigate the fact that we can't all be together, because that's something um, that we do a lot of in SpaceX is just like hanging out. And I guess that's true of like every student society, but um, with SpaceX, we kind of make it a point to do like communal stargazing or like um, our new thing is like going to do karaoke together and being terrible together. Hell yeah. I mean, great together. (laughs) We didn't do as many social like, you know, like pub socials are quite popular at many exercises. Uh, we didn't do that many of them. But I do remember our one, like, real, real great pub social was when we did a stargazing uh, event and then it rained. Uh, so we went to the pub instead. No. Oh, <laughs> no, we, we, we had some good pub socials. There was the, the Four Spoons. There was... Yeah, that was a good pub social. Which was now the Three Spoons, I think, sadly. Is the Four Spoons social still going, Michaela? Um, we, the four spoon social, um, well, it would be three spoons now, I think. Um, yeah, it's so sad. The St. Thomas one's gone. Oh, it's one of the weather spoons Um, closed. Oh, a catastrophe. Yeah. We haven't done one yet, but we'll, we'll see what the next year holds for us. Yeah. But that long, that, that's the one thing. If it was the four spoon social, that last pub, you have to make like a 25 minute walk. That is, that's a tough one. But then you yeah. get knighted. That is true. You get knighted. <laughs> oh, well, then well, it's we, all we worth it. We knight people with wooden spoons and hand them a SpaceX wooden yeah. spoon for oh, completing amazing. the four spoons. It was, it was, it was also, that's fun, a free it. wooden spoon. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it is. It's a good wooden spoon as well. Wow. Yeah, so um, we're having a committee meeting soon, and we are going to bring that social back. I'm, yes. I'm inspired. Yes. We're bringing it back from the dead. I've not even been part of it, but I'm going <laughs> to... It's a good social. Well, oh. with the alumni program, you could be. <laughs> You asked me about, like, what we're doing in the society. Do you want me to go back to that? We kind of went on a big old tangent, which yes, has been please. great. But I don't yeah. know if it would be useful. Yes, yes. Okay. So um, you asked me about what we were kind of doing to mitigate the fact that we're not all together anymore. Um, so part of that has been taking the time to do our big rebrand, where we, like, changed the logo and kind of changed our mission a little bit and kind of took some time to think about what we wanted the society to look like um, as we approached this academic year. Um, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but we uh, have been working on getting some partnerships with like bigger organizations to help us with our outreach work as we kind of shift away from doing 
uh, mostly project-based stuff because um, doing projects has been really great and really formative for our society. And we obviously wouldn't have the society um, without the projects because we were founded to do the projects, which was really great when the society was mostly STEM uh, majors. And uh, we're now in a position where because people are only in the society for as long as they're at the university, which doesn't tend to be a super long length of time in terms of how long it takes to complete those projects, we keep starting projects, having them, making good progress, and then those people leave and they take their expertise with them. So initially, um, I tried to solve this problem because I think the projects are really great, uh, where we um, I built up this like alumni network program where people who have been a part of SpaceX could like email in with information about like what they loved about the society and what they were part of and um, that way we could still keep in contact and keep that expertise in. Um, and we still have that up and running just as like a way to keep that community running. Like I said, I always try and build kind of community wherever I am. But um, beyond that, we kind of realized that for us, it made more sense to focus on doing all of the outreach things that we do um, because it meant that we could make more connections when it came to looking at um, the opportunities that the space industry could have could um, present our local community, but then also um, different groups of students. So like, uh, to give you an example, there was a UN essay competition about how space data could be used um, to help complete the UN's climate goals. And this essay competition was open to any student um, between like a certain age range, um, which covered like college students. And so we sent out a bunch of uh, emails and information to different societies that might be interested because things like that are not just STEM issues, they're political issues or economic issues. And so the way that you can approach problems like that um, changes off the back of your perspective. And those are all valid and important perspectives to have when you're talking about things like policy. And so doing outreach and focusing on outreach has allowed us to kind of focus on building those relationships too and kind of having that more nuanced perspective um, on space, which, um, yeah, I've kind of touched on already. Yeah, I like it. Uh, <clears throat> I, I quite like that uh, approach of the outreach because I think it just makes sense to also focus on that. Um, just, I, I agree with the sort of projects thing, but I was never really uh, into the projects as much as, uh, for example, Jacques and uh, my friend Matt was. Um, what's the sort of, like, I guess you guys are still doing some of the projects, but are you tailoring them to more outreach-y projects? Because like, we always like took the hab with us to uh, the outreach events, just to show it. Uh, and we were working at one point on a tabletop, like, IR. Oh, uh, yeah, I think. That was, um, that, Sorry. that was finished, and then it broke. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Well, I don't, was, it, was it ever working? Because I think, I think the weight was wrong, so like it was definitely going to snap if you moved uh, um, the thing. In the version of the story that I've been told, it worked, I think, exactly two times, and then the motor gave out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of like how we're kind of balancing the projects with our outreach going forward, I think um, the main project that we're still running is the model rocket building, because... It's something that requires very little external expertise. You don't need a STEM degree to build a tiny rocket. Uh, I can tell you this from experience. And so it's something that um, we can do kind of to get people to meet each other and do it in groups and um, do all these different things. And obviously we have yet to launch the big rocket that we've built. Um, so that's a big goal for us. 
Um, but the projects now are less about kind of finishing them and more about, um, yeah, just like that team building. Uh, and um, I'm trying to figure out what how to explain it. It's We still have them. We're not going to get rid of them because they're an important part of the formation of our society and we might want to come back to them. Um, but we really want to make sure that we're, as a society, we're not kind of expecting people to come in as experts anymore because that shuts out a lot of people who could potentially get something really valuable um, from joining beyond the fact that, you know, we're great and fun people. Um, there's like huge employability opportunities. There's volunteering opportunities. There's um, the like you have the chance to become like step up and mentor other people if you really care about something. We try to be really collaborative as a society in a way that I think is pretty unique to SpaceX, um, even amongst like all the other student societies for all the great work that they do. I think there's a huge opportunity and huge potential to kind of share part of yourself with the society and have it be like heard and recognized and used to make things better for everyone in a way that is really um, special to me. That sounds awesome. That, that, that is awesome. That, that sounds like a really beautiful um, goal. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like cheesy and sappy, but I do think <laughs> that it's really important. And I think especially um, now with like all the COVID stuff, like that community is increasingly valuable, right? Like we have been able to have like a pub quiz where like the winners were all within like half a point of each other and still like enjoy that like time together. And um we watched like SpaceX, Elon Musk, SpaceX uh, launches together, and yes. we, we have we have that a lot launch of was really there. cool, by the way. Uh, yeah, I mean the one where they actually launched was great. The day where I watched the whole thing and then they didn't launch was not so good. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that Elon one was not good. That one was not so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I it. watched it from the beginning. <laughs> to the point they said oh, wow. well they're coming back now <laughs> so that was a little frustrating um but it was rewarding obviously to see it go up and it was really um historically meaningful as well and, come um, and down. watching yeah and come down and watching like the mars rover launch that was really cool for me uh because yeah. i've been doing kind of like space uh, outreach stuff even when i was back in high school and i remember like asking people to sign up i don't know if you guys did this where you could have your name inscribed on the rover Ooh. for free. Oh, I didn't know that. You can do it for the next one. I'll let you know. I'll keep you in the loop. But basically, Please they had do. these like Hell three yeah. chips. They had these three chips, and they had like millions of names inscribed, and you all it was you needed like your name, your email address, and like a zip code or something along those lines, and they would do it for you for free. And then they put those three chips on the rover. And so when they launched it, I had the really special experience of seeing all of those names go with it. And because I'm such a big uh, nerd about like the humanity of the space industry, that was something really cool to me. Um, and it was really like rewarding to see that actually like go up and go have it. And yeah, I mean, I have no way of knowing that they actually like go and inscribe that. But, you know, I trust NASA. I trust that my name's on there somewhere. Um, and yeah, you can like sign up to do it for the next one already. So opportunities there, everybody sign really up cool. go to space. You get like a boarding pass. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, whoa. I, oh, I, I like it. And, and yeah, I want a Mars boarding pass. In that sense, what's some of the big 
space events that um, you know are going around maybe in the UK is, is better but also in the sort of general region because you mentioned the NASA space apps challenge that you guys did mm-hmm. um, yeah and also like UK said stuff yeah so um, sorry just to clarify you asking about like wider um, like events yeah it could be happening? local just stuff you know about that maybe SpaceX would be getting involved at or if people want to come sure. and say hi yeah um so this is difficult because we weren't um we weren't sure what the scene would look like um as we kind of go into the next academic year so there is for example another space apps hackathon that was due to happen in october but it was supposed to be like an in-person event normally those events are held in person and it's like a week of team building or whatever um i think that the best way to kind of engage with space stuff when you're at home or you're not able to kind of be in a community, even like SpaceX, although if you're a student, please join. It's great. Um, And if you're not a student at Exeter, there are other slightly less great space societies that are good for you. Um, You should join ours anyways and come to our conference to see how much better ours is. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) But um, there, so kind of looking forward, uh, there's things like the UK SEDS do their rocket uh, briefs every year. So with that, you build a model rocket. You like talk about how it works. How you if you can't launch it, you model how it would look when it launches. You have to meet like certain specifications, and at the end, you make a report. Um, that's something you can do, or um, you can follow. There's been kind of a lot of material released from. Uh, people like uh, Gina Halabi with She Speaks Science, where um, people talk about like their experience with the space industry or in STEM, um, or there's things like the Space Foundation is launching a ton of new employability initiatives. Um, but in terms of like events themselves, I think there's kind of two sides to that coin. There's the part that has to do with like community outreach, and then there's the part that has to do with like how do we maintain a community when we can't see each other in person, when we've been reliant on that for so long. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to the outreach stuff, that's something that it's harder for me to give you an idea on now because it's something that relies so heavily on how things are going to happen later. And as we've learned very quickly over the past six months, that's getting increasingly harder to define ahead of time. Um, But when it comes to things like maintaining... I I saw a prediction by a guy who's like, you know, it might be spring 2021, like March time where things might be Um, a little bit more normal. Um, Yeah, I have a family member who works in healthcare and they were doing some data analysis and they're anticipating that like things won't... Based on the data that we have currently and things are obviously subject to change, that things might not be better, all the way better and back to the way that they were before the epidemic. Um, for six to eight years. So six to oh eight my years. God. Oh no! I'm a pessimist, yeah. and that's worse than I thought. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's a lot worse. I know. Than I'm so sorry to, to drop this bomb. But yeah, it, it, like the precautions are definitely important. But here, for example, people are still going to pubs. Uh, events and things have started again. Uh, like I'm going back into the office, so I feel like. There's going to be, you know, potential events allowed. Like, if you test yourself. Yeah. If if you get tested first, maybe. I mean, a virus isn't a mystery, right? Like, we know 
we know how, like, if you wash your hands and you, like, keep social distance and you wear a mask, like, you're probably going to be fine. So, like, there are things that you can do to lower your risk enough that you can live a normal life. So, I'm not saying six to eight years of, like, staying in complete lockdown by any means, but um, having that timeline... Before, you know, you don't need anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, Having that timeline, though, really puts into perspective how important it will be for us to keep our communities open and running, even if we can't see each other in person all the time, like we're used to doing. And so as a society, I've been putting in a lot of hours to try and figure out what that looks like for us. Because part nice. of what makes yeah SpaceX like special and unique is that it feels, again, I'm the cheesiest person ever, but it feels like a weird <laughs> and wacky family, right? Like, I have never met you guys before, for example, excluding you home, sorry. Um, but like you, we have this shared experience because we were part of the same thing. And so having make, it's about making those experiences that can be shared, even if it, that isn't in person. And yeah, that's kind of what we're looking well, at Well, you now. can join the speaking from ignorance family. Uh, yay. Aww. Guys, <laughs> I'm honored. That sounds like... Uh, Absolutely brilliant. So does that does that mean um, next year we, we can be looking forward to virtual SpaceX Con 2021? Uh, maybe. Be I, optimistic. It's going to yeah. happen in person. So I'm currently planning a conference that's happening online. And let me tell you, having a conference okay. be in person uh, would be pretty great. And just in terms of like, you, you miss out, I think on a little bit of the experience yeah. of like getting to talk with people about what you've just heard and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but mm. yeah, so that's I'm in the not same something boat. I can um, really... We were planning on hosting a conference in November and mm-hmm. this, uh, you know, this has been pre pandemic stuff that, uh, that was in the works. And then it's like, well, now everybody from the UK can't come um, or they can join online. And my supervisor really doesn't want to host it online just because we have this conference once every four years. We kind of don't want to postpone it, but also we don't want to have it online. And yeah, it's just a... Yeah, it's yeah. difficult. I think a lot of people in that situation are currently looking at like blended um, conferencing, which is still kind of strange to me. It's, it's a weird environment to be in for sure. Um, but what we really need to do is uh, fund the VR industry so we can actually just be there in person <laughs> like but uh, we're all at home uh, plugged into Oculus or HTC or but at the same time I feel like that sort of video conferencing goes to a whole nother level like mm-hmm. for example just in this call even when we were on a video call there is something you lose from actually being yeah, in a room true. talking to each other and yeah. maybe like the VR would would solve that like going into a virtual room and just being present that's super interesting that you say that actually because when it comes to things like uh freshers fair for this year obviously as a student society we are trying to get in like new first year uh students and we don't have our traditional means of like i mean you guys will remember what it was like where you're packed into a giant yes like graduation oh hall my God. and oh, like everybody's so on top of each other and it's like hot and gross and yeah so we can't do that this year and so what they're doing is they're i think using vr headsets and we have to have like an online table where we like submit a video and then people can like walk around whatever that means and like look at whatever they want to look at which is super interesting that's so sci-fi we're living in the future kids yeah Um, it's like kind of (laughs) surreal well it's been fantastic 
um, having you on, Michaela, and, and, and it's it's great learning about everything that SpaceX ha- has still still been doing despite all the sort of craziness. Um, it sounds like you've got some really exciting plans ahead. I'm, I'm really excited to, to sort of you sort sort of see you take take this on and sort of um, bring bring SpaceX to to this new direction of, of you know some things which we we didn't really do so, so well. So that, that's that's brilliant. I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me on and also just for like all of the work that you've done, not just for our society in the past, but also like your podcast is truly amazing. I'm a big (laughs) podcast fan generally and like having listened to episodes, like it's just, it's so cool to see you guys so excited to learn about new perspectives and to like create community around um, that curiosity. It's been so great. And thank you so much for letting me be a small part of that today. You're welcome. Thank yeah. you for thanks for coming up. Do you want to plug? Do you want to plug your stuff like social media? If you want, you can also plug the SpaceX stuff. Um, um just, yeah, just sure. Just your chance to to say that stuff. Yeah, sure. I'll plug um, the space SpaceX stuff. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, if you're a University of Exeter student, join us. Come see what we're like. See that we're cool. Um, otherwise, uh, stuff that I do, if you're interested in like community building and in, uh, public speaking or volunteering, um, or any of that stuff, like I said, I'm running a TED event, uh, which is TEDx Youth at Gandhi Street. It's the first of its kind in Exeter, but it'll be available worldwide for everybody. And, um, yeah, if you're interested in that, check us out on, again, everything, uh, LinkedIn, even if you want. Uh, yeah, that's about it. How do you spell (laughs) SpaceX? Ooh, this is an important one, um, and it's up for debate to some people, but this is where you'll find us everywhere online. Uh, so it's space, uh, the way you would spell it, S-P-A-C-E, uh, and then capital E-X-E without a space. Ah. Well, thanks again, Michaela. Uh, Thank you. So, guys. yeah, make sure you guys go check out Michaela's stuff, uh, check out SpaceX, um, and, you know, keep up to date with... All the events that are going to be happening. Mostly online, I hear. But Mm. also in person, if you're in the region. Uh, You can find us on Anchor FM, Spotify. Um, Feel free to reach out towards the podcast at Twitter. Our handle is at FromIgnorance. We're also on Facebook at uh, Speaking From Ignorance. So that's our page. Give us a like. Uh, We'll post updates about the podcast there. And uh, for a more sort of general overview, you can check out our website at sfignorance.github.io. Thanks very much, and see you guys next time.